I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on again this week with JB and I am joined by Pistol and Pistol. We are again powered by Code Sports, our lovely sponsors of the podcast. Now, before we get into any of the nitty gritty, I need to know how your week went this week. Do you need to know? I don't have to know. You can you can plead the fifth. You can plead the fifth. <laughs> no, no, it was it was fine. A very very average twenty five hundred. Um, as as is my team. Another another hold rank week when nothing much happened. So playing very a very boring season. What um, is your rank now? It's still just three and a half k. I'm just just hovering. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's my my season. I've I've had probably like six or seven weeks where I've only fallen like a hundred spots. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah. not moving um, any, and it's always down as well. So yeah, it's it's a slow death as I've been saying. But um, this week at least I'll be full primo, so my final upgrade is achievable. Unfortunately, I couldn't afford my upgrade to Sarong last week by like two k because Melican scored oh. twenty one. I need him to score thirty to afford my trade, and I couldn't. Oh. Um, so and then Sarong went one thirty eight, so I lost quite a few points. But Melican did score eighty six, so I felt like I got something there <laughs> you got negative 52 points yeah, um i did <laughs> it's exactly what you got uh i scored about 2500 as well i am full premium uh, and we scored the same so that is troubling for my premiums um looking at you darcy cameron i dropped about 100 spots i'm 1900 well i'm pro- i'm closer to 2k so i'm pretty much 2k flat your team's a um, lot better than mine like a lot yeah but like it's not scoring better it's yeah. really weird this year. Like it's, I, I feel like I've got all the guys, all the good guys, and people might be able to relate to this. But um, 
a subtone from a subton from Luke Ryan who looked like he was on for about 120. Sheasel had 31 touches in a 79. Rory led subton and captaincy um, against North Melbourne. Brayshaw 80 points this week. Um, I can't be mad at him. He's been great since I got him in. Sam Walsh debuts for me this week for a 99 despite being on 95 at three-quarter time or something. Um, <clears throat> I kept Briggs. He was on 96 at three-quarter time, finished on 87. Um, Taranto, not mad at him at all. He's had a great year. Cogs is whatever at this point, um, just up and down. Darcy Cameron, 61. Like These aren't premium scores. Um, but I'm full premium, and I, I believe in these guys week to week, but they didn't deliver this week. The other guys, obviously, I didn't read out all uh, exceptionally get me 2,500, but um, I don't know. It feels like a year where you're only two or three failed premium scores away from just rank dropping. Yeah, um, Everyone's got decent teams, and then uh, like the, the bottom three or four players for each team is like some high-variance guy who's like not a safe premium. And then like one week you would just go down in rank and then the next you'll go up and then it just feels like a seesaw year at the moment. It's a pretty good way to say it. I think the extra trade as well and people being a bit more familiar with how to use the boosts where last year was a bit more of a, a test run um, just means that yeah, people are pretty much all full premium this week or last week. Um, and mm. you know we all, I guess the midfield has been a little bit um, up and down, but it's kind of forced a lot of people into very similar midfields because there was like clear good picks and clear bad picks. So yeah, definitely. We we all ended up with a somewhat similar team. I mean, our teams now, um, just having a quick look at it, the only differences seem to be I have English, Will Day and Tom Green and you have Liberatore, Brayshaw and Briggs. Yeah. So again high variance types with the Will Day and you've got Brayshaw and you just never really know what's going to happen. Um, but like Liberatore, for example, I was hoping everyone got full premium as they did last year um, by about the second buy because Liber was always, I was always going to wait for Liber, no matter what that did to my, yeah. I, I planned my buyers to have a good round 18 with no trade, uh, sorry, good round 15 with no trades being used. Um and that was the case, but it, everyone sort of got pushed back this year um, because the cash gen stalled for a couple of weeks there. And now everyone's sort of got Libra as well. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't feel like I have any point of differences. Not that you need them. The point of difference is having um, a good team with no with no holes in it. But um, I feel like I don't have any guys like Libra. What is his ownership now? He's in 10% of teams. Um, I suppose that's lowish ownership, but that's the biggest period you um, can get in the game, basically at this point. That's still it. Does it feels high though in the top five k? It feels like a lot of people around me do have Libra. Um, so it's like well I, I've case. I've identified this guy. I've got him, and I don't feel like I'm reaping the benefits. But like Darcy Cameron will score a sixty, and I, I drop in rank. And it's like damn. Um, so yeah, tough game this year. I think everyone's really bunched up. I think. Uh, Chizo posted something in Slack saying, um, "I think like four people scored the same this week, or they're all they're all ranked pretty much the same." Um, and there's like 50 points between like 500 rankings or something like that. Like everyone's so bunched up. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy this year. Yeah, it's I hard. Mean, it happens. The combination of more trades and DPPs being on, which 
I think after two seasons, I'm personally not a fan of. I think it just causes us to have very similar sides. Um, yeah, I think so too. I think so and too. That's probably not great for the game. I would rather. I mean, this year to be to be like fair, we had these like forward midfielder options at the beginning of the season. Like DPP didn't help yeah. with that. We selected them to start, so it was just kind of feel like that's a once-off sort of style year. But all of those guys are pretty much going to be forward only next year. Uh, sorry, midfield only next year. So we get. Yeah. I'm hoping we just get a bunch of like genuine forwards we have to pick you know the jeremy cameron type players um that would be fun but then we're going to get the dpp so you can't stack your forward line so you have to wait for the walsh whom who will get dpp throughout the year um you know those types for next year um but it'll be you nice might to start have, with it to be honest it just would have been yeah it's true um it just would have been nice i think to have a year where we all have all these like key forwards and stuff i think that'd be fun I think it'll add a lot more variance and a lot more like you have to look into the fixtures and not just look at the past scores. And I think yeah. a lot of players, a lot of um, experienced players um, definitely look further into it than what um, like your more casual types of players would, you know, just see that Tom Hawkins has three big tons in a row, but not look into the fact that it was West Coast, North Melbourne and Hawthorne. Um and they have like a harder fixture coming up. Can, can you imagine Tom Hawkins with a hard fixture coming up? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know. I think it would be a lot more interesting. But this year, we, we I mean, Dunkley, we won't have as a forward probably ever again. But we're going to have as a midfield anyway. But um, Taranto, we won't have as a forward. Rosie, we won't. Cogs, we won't. Darcy Cameron, we won't. I, w- I would say probably unlikely. I guess you probably know that better than I would. Um, Gordon might be the only one that sort of hangs on because his yeah. role has been thrown around a lot this year, but we might get Walsh. Besides that, I'm hoping it's it's like a wide open, you know, there's there's just an absolute fest of random players that, that people have to sort of acclimatize to. And I, I think that's far more exciting than, I mean, this year is nuts. Like it's, it's been so fun owning these guys because, you know, it is fun watching your Uber premiums average 115 plus in the forward line. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just makes it so – it simplifies the game so much more. It brings it down to a real base level um, and, it, and it sort of puts everyone around the same mark because these guys are obvious. Yeah, I think – I mean, right when Supercoach launched, its point of difference was it was the smart person's game because no one understood the scoring system essentially. You know, yeah. it, was, it was that the dream team <laughs> – um, at the time, now AFL Fantasy, you know, you could count the stats on your hand and it didn't matter if Brett, Brent Stanton was getting 120 points a game because he, even if he turned it over half the time, he'd still get 120 and was a great um, dream team pick. But then, you know, Supercoach launched and he was no longer like a must-pick player and that was, that was exciting and cool um, because you had to think more about the players. So it was kind of advertised as, you know, the smart person's game. And... With the increased trades, you know, that's obviously, I can understand for engagement levels why that had to be done. I feel like just copying the way AFL Fantasy went with that, with the DPP switch on, really brings it down a level. And I get that the scoring system is still the same and that's the point of difference, but you've, you've you had two different products and now they're merging very close. Um, and I don't know if it is the smart person's football game anymore. Like it's just a different type of football game. 
That's kind of how I, think, I feel. I think we can we can rule this up to another thing that COVID is uh, partially ruined in some way, shape, or form. Um, adding the extra trades and then giving Supercoach the idea of, oh, we can just throw trades at these guys when times get tough. And um, as much as it was appreciated in, the, in that COVID year, because I don't think any of us get through without it, um, and it sort of kept the game fresh that year, I don't know if it's necessary every year, um, but I don't want to be critical on the game because I, I completely understand and can, can see what they're trying to do and what they are doing successfully. Um, numbers are good at the moment um, from what I can see and people are far more engaged later in the season than what they've ever been um, from a casual perspective. So um, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not blind to what they're doing and and why they're doing it, but um, I think the upper echelon of players, which are never really the target for these changes and um, I think... Companies know that you know those the top ten percent stick around no matter what because they love the product, um, or, or they've sort of they're addicted to the product, whichever one it might be. Um, but then the the other percentage is what they're sort of trying to keep around, and I think they've done that this year better than any other season. So um, yeah, it, it's got its it's got its pros and its cons, but. Um, we actually have a podcast to do. And before <laughs> One you last get... thing, JB. I just want oh, to sorry. Add, you no, go for I want it. to just know your opinion while we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So would it, I know we, we just have so many trades now, really, that yep. should we just embrace it fully and just say, okay, it's two trades per week, um, position changes <sighs> off, and you know, then you can ride the fixtures when you know the key forwards get the hot fixtures or slow fixtures. You, you have the trades to get rid of them so you're not stuck with like crappier players and then it makes you feel good still being able to jump to and from. And you still have to study and figure out which guys to get in and which fixture runs to follow. Um, but do you reckon that would be a happy medium or how? I, I don't, how you I don't think so. Okay. Like at the moment, I there's more trades than ever than there's ever been. And I know there's an extra round, but yeah. there's more trades than there's ever been, right? So... Um, I have two trades left because I aggressively traded. I traded English. I traded Tom Green. I traded who else did I trade? Um, uh, Jack Zebel. Yeah, uh, and there might have even been another one. Sicily. Sicily. Well, he was he was out for a few weeks, but um, Clayton Oliver as well, who obviously has been out for a long time now. But that's um, a lot. Oh, you traded the, Doherty out as well. I, I traded Neil out in round two as oh, well. I forgot about that. Um, so but there's so many players. Team. <laughs> there's so many players that I've traded out, and I never ever. I don't trade premiums. It's not my style. And this year, I've acclimatized to what I saw last year. Um, but like, I don't love it. And I've still I've got two trades left at the moment, and I'm playing for leagues this year more than anything. I know I've got a, a half decent rank around 2k and a, a good team, but um, I'm really playing for the next month, and then whatever happens from there happens. But um, essentially, I, I don't like. I don't enjoy flipping these guys. I would rather have held like the the seller's remorse is stronger than the the buyer's. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't enjoy what I've what I've done. I, I can't remember who I traded Tom Green to, but um, he's looked good the last few weeks. It just doesn't. None of it feels like. None of it feels okay. None of it feels good. Um, I'd rather not have that power. Just take it away from me and <laughs> let me be more concerned about trades. Yeah, it's. I mean, you could do that. On the, on the, if you had the two per week, though, then you could just trade them back in, and you wouldn't feel as bad. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I, I there has to be some sort of consequence for your actions. Like Tom Green had like ninety supercoach at half time, 
and I was watching this game like so upset and I know I can't get him back. If if on principle than anything, but like I, I just can't get him back with trades. Um, but like that is that is regret. That is something that I've made a decision to do and then watched it backfire and knowing that I can't retract it. And that is still why we play the game is because we make all these decisions and it gives us a dopamine hit at the time to trade someone bad out and see them score badly the next week. But then on the on the reverse, it makes you feel the other way as well. And that, that's why we play the game is for, is for the emotions. Um, whether they're good or bad, it gives us you know an extra extra hit. Like people can't understand that I watch nine games of football most weeks, and it's because I have this extra investment. I wouldn't have that if if I could just flip guys in and out twenty four seven and not really have any personal attachment to them. Do you know what I mean? Well, it sounds like the way you've been playing, so you haven't had a personal attachment to them. <laughs> well, I do on the guys that I've got at the moment, and <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed Tom Green's one thirty in round one when I started him, but he just he scorned me. But um, no, it's I don't know. It's a very tough balance. I, I don't think they've got it right this year. Um, I don't think they've got it too wrong, but I don't think they've got it right. And um, I don't know what the right answer is either. So I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend like I have all the answers. And like, if I was, if I was in charge, I'd just do this and that. Like, it's a very difficult balance to strike. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens next year, I guess. Um, Whether they expand further into it or whether they sort of backpedal a little bit from, from what they've done this year. Yep. No. Can I? Good discussion. Can we podcast? Is this? Yeah. Is this? Can we start? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Fifteen just, minutes in already. Just put my captaincy on Tom Green, knowing I'm playing you this week. And right. Ahead. Just to double the no, pain when enough. he plays Hawthorne. What? Yeah, Hawthorne. I can't wait for Connor Nash to go to him after he had 38 this week. <laughs> um, okay, so we do have a couple of Patreons uh, shoutouts. So new signups. First, we've got James. Just James. There's no other uh, additional Love information that. there. Might be saying incogs. Um, and then we have. Aaron Dool Aqua. Welcome. Dal Aqua. Are you saying Dal Aqua? Dal Aqua. Yeah, that's like, the one. Like the tennis player? Yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> Why did you say it in like. <laughs> apostrophes are my enemy. I, I, can't, I can't do apostrophes. I, I'm not well. reading it, so I'm just going off what you're saying. And, I, I don't have there's a lot going on here. Okay. I, I, Aaron might have misspelled it even because it's confusing <laughs> on my screen. But um, welcome, Azza. <laughs> I think this is my first donation. Well, you may have got it right if it's dull aqua. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get it right. I don't think it is dull aqua. <laughs> I don't think it's that at all. Actually, you find out next week. All right, Aaron. Please contact me if if I've made a mistake there. Um, <laughs> if Right, we've got we've got something from the Cancer Council. Please take this away. Alrighty, we do have uh, two donations. We got Jason Lee says donating for round fourteen donuts, and then says, "What's your top three donut fillings?" I'm all in on the hot jam donuts from Vic Market, Melbourne, or a quality salted caramel filled donut, or a pandan filling, or a lemon curd. That was four wow. options. Um, mm, said top three. Thing. So love your work. No, I'll pay it. Um, the, what, the hot what, jam give, donuts give from number Big one. Market is unreal. That's that's a great call. That's fantastic. Really? Yeah, that's okay. that's A plus. So I'm I'm with Jason on that one. My my number one, my go to is when Adelaide Fringe rolls around. There's always a hot cinnamon donut stand that comes over, and they are the best donuts. Like, I love a hot cinnamon donut, fresh. 
like straight out of the you know whatever makings they do. Um, Is straight it filled out of with cinnamon? No, 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 no. The cinnamon on the outside. Okay, well then you're not answering the question, JB. What do you mean? It says, "What's your top three donut fillings?" Oh man, I don't. <laughs> but I don't. I don't really have fillings. I'm well, just. I'm. I'm sticking with cinnamon donut. Okay, well, you failed with to no filling. The question. That's very upsetting. You didn't even what, say like. To, oh, how about how about this? How about this? Jason Lee, if that is your real name, donuts typically have a hole through the middle and have no filling whatsoever. So you're talking about cakes. What's your favorite cake? <laughs> and I have favorite cakes. That's a hot take. But my favorite donut is a hot cinnamon donut. Okay. Well, all right. We'll move on. But that is that's a hot take that we'll have to address at some stage. Um, Pig Mentality donates has a special donation to the Cancer Council for Pistol's help with organizing the data for the Jack Bytel Cup, which we ran for the Supercoach players to test their bio planning. Thanks, Pistol. I couldn't have done it without you. That seems like a plug. It seems like you've put that there. I, I didn't do it, but thanks very much, uh, Pigmentelli, for your donation. Definitely didn't need to. Just just was helping out a mate, JB. You didn't need um, a name drop pistol four times either. None of that was I appreciate necessary. It. That's for sure. No, no, I know no. He ran he ran ran a little buy competition on Twitter. Um, I did notice it. I, I gave it a retweet. Pigmentality, very good, very good follow on Twitter. Yeah, I unfortunately did very bad in the the Bytel Cup, so uh, we don't didn't want to. I didn't see my name there, and I thought I had a good buy tail cup, so I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> Everyone was really good. I like know. the top page in the buyers, that people like dominated the buyers in a way in which I did not. <laughs> um, so congrats to all the winners of that cup as well, and, and thanks Big Mentality for running it as well. It was, it was good fun. Look forward to it next year. Okay, now there's a podcast to do. Now I've got three talking topics I want to I want to get through. Okay. Now, we're 20 minutes in already, and I expect it to be six minutes in by this point. Yep. I wanted to predict a 30-minute podcast, but I might have to stretch that to 40. Okay. But this should be a, a smaller podcast, a little bit more compact, not a lot of people dealing with issues this week. So I just want to have more of a discussion, okay? Sure. So the first talking topic, mm-hmm. and this is a very generic thing, but we're going to name some names. We're going to throw some names out there. Yep. So it's the age-old discussion one trade this week for a budget premium. We're talking Callum Mills, uh, LDU potentially if he's back. Um, players players like that, I guess. I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think of other players in other lines that really fit that, but I don't have any off the top of my head. But those types of budget players or do you use two trades to get the Ubers, the Libbers, the Lockie Neals that you might have missed out on? Um, Sarong, who's a bit more Brayshaw, those types of players, uh, and trade up from the slums into something a little bit more secure. Um, so now I guess the first question I have for you is, at what point in your trades remaining do you say, I'm making two trades here and getting the Uber? So it's good. It's a great question. We We did answer something similar last week but every round is different as you approach the end of the system uh, towards the end of the the season and there's more data as well your mindset sort of shifts because you look you know every round obviously you're one closer um towards the end of the season so you're the risk kind of lessens uh every week you get through when you don't have an injury um i think now i would i'd feel great if i had three or more trades after i had done these two like yep. that would be that would be great. Um, I think. I think it's essential. You have, 
Yeah, I just think like Johnson's scoring pretty well and looks to have nailed his spot in the side. And if you have someone like Johnson or Wardlaw as cover on your bench, yep. um, you might be able to go down to two trades. And I think I would feel okay. Not the best, but I would feel okay doing that to get an Uber into my side. That's probably where I draw the line though. I, I don't love going down to one trade. Um if you're playing, would you for do moves? that for? Would you do that for Brayshaw over Mills? See, the thing is, I'd I'd have to love. I, it's, now, this is where it is the same as last week. I'd have to really like the player you're getting for one trade. Yeah, like if you're getting Sarong for one trade, or you're spending two to get Libba, I'd just get Sarong because I I don't think there's that much of a difference between those two players. Whereas yep. the difference between Mills and Libba is massive. So. Right. I personally, and you might vary, I don't like any really cheap premium. I think last week the the cheapest premium that I mentioned on the podcast that I really liked was Houston, um, and he's not that cheap anymore because he dominated. And then my next oh, favorite was Sarong. I love that man. Yeah. So Sarong and Houston, the two choices I was speaking about last week, both very good weeks. Um, I think there's some people, JB, that have spoken a little bit still about Keys because he's 500K, but he only had 3% CBAs. Um, he, like his How much role, is Keys at the moment? He's 506. I have someone cheaper that I like more. Shoot. Harry Himmelberg. Yeah. He's the one yeah. for me. So he had 84 this week, and I know he hasn't scored exceptionally since changing roles. Um, but the 84 this week, if you go and look at his stats, um, was like a 120 gone begging. Yes. What he fell into this week was a lot more soccering off the ground, which is like pretty much an auto clanger. Um, if it's wet, you soccer off the ground. It has to go to your your teammate. Otherwise, you're just losing four or five points at a time for it. Um, he did that a few times due to the weather conditions um, and the fact that the ball just fell that way. So um, that and a couple of... Um, uncharacteristic free kicks, mm-hmm. uh, but he he left a really big score. So I think most importantly, he passes the eye test really well. Um, they've got Hawthorne, Adelaide, Gold Coast in their next three. Yeah, it's a um, good run. Yeah, I, I can see him repaying the faith immediately. I think he for four hundred k, I'm saving a trade on most of the players forward or back. So I guess the downside I have with Himmelberg is that. He was the main kick and taker this week. He had seven of eight, which is unbelievable. And, and Lockie Ash had six of seven um, yep. play, playing on, played on from them. So from the 15, it was just split between those two players. But Whitfield was suspended and he's been the main kick and taker the entire season. So Whitfield will come back. And since Whitfield and Himmelberg have been playing together, the order has been Whitfield, then Ash, then Himmelberg. So six fewer kicks compared to standard kick-ins for Himmelberg, you know, that goes from that leaving 120 onto a table to like leaving 100 on the table, which doesn't sound as impressive. I think that's weather dependent as well. Like Harry Himmelberg is their long kick-out taker. Yeah. Whereas um, Ash and Whitford are more their precise kick-in takers. Um, So I guess that like that might not necessarily change because of Whitford coming back. It might just be weather dependent. Um, obviously, we're not predicting four or five weeks into the future as to whether he gets kickouts. <laughs> Is it raining in five but, weeks? <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I just think he's one of the ones that I can trust to at least have a 90-plus floor. 
um, a, lot, a lot of weeks, a lot of weeks. That, it might not be every single week he might score in the 80s, but um, I think I think he evens out to a 90-plus average for the rest of the season from here. He probably – I'm probably not as high on him. I don't think he goes more than 95. I think that would be an absolute 90. win. I said yeah, 90 yeah. plus. I, I think he'll go around 90 though. Like not yeah, that yeah. much more than 90. Like if it's like 92, then I'm not surprised. Yeah. If it's 96, then I'm like, whoa, he had a really good end to the year. I didn't expect that. That's not that good though. Like it's fine. It's 400K it's though. And if it saves yeah. you a trade, if you're going if you're going for from three down to two, I'm not going down to one just to avoid Himmelberg. But if you're getting, if it's like Sarong or Himmelberg, Sarong with a season average of 112, you know, that's 20 yeah. plus points per game and there's, you know, seven games if left If you're picking between those two, then yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's an extra over 100 no, points. No, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I would go Sarong. But, but I, like, I get it when you're comparing to Mills, right? Because Mills is no guarantee to go much more than Himmelberg either and is no, more injury prone. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and I think they've both got similar role concerns. But I, I trust Himmelberg's role more than I trust Mills. I think Warner, Chad Warner, is probably out for a bit longer than anticipated, so his role might be okay for a couple of weeks. But I, I have really big concerns over Mills's body still. Like he can't just yeah, magically sure. have you know, recovered and then also have zero injury risk. Like we've seen Yo get injured again. We've seen Fife get injured again. Mills is in that category, as is LDU this year. You know, they, they're the players that are most likely to get re-injured now because they keep having reoccurring injuries. So I don't love him or LDU, even though I think LDU's, for me, probably has the best upside. I, I don't well, want to trade Let's discuss him. that. Let's discuss that because if you are in the camp of uh, someone who we're talking to saying you don't have enough trades for this. I wouldn't go from three down to one to avoid these guys. Are you getting Walsh, LDU, Mills as your guy? I'm, I'm getting Walsh out of yeah. all of those because of the... Easily I, I don't me. think he's the highest scoring potential. I think that's LDU. But I think the combination of injury, even though Walsh has missed more games, I don't, I don't see his type as a recurring... Is he injury more games or the same. Or he's like, missed the first like six games of the season. Um, yeah, LDU. I haven't seen LDU in like two months. Yeah, when, well, when did he, LDU last play? I mean, he got he got re injured, but yeah, he has he played in round nine, um, so he's just missed quite a few games. But his scoring potential, I think, is the best out of all those players. But he is also supremely injury prone this season. I have um, a big factor as well. Yeah, Walsh is is likely to get forward status. And and I know help, we've said yeah. this before, um, but the fact that we have probably bare minimum five forwards that are midfield eligible, um, and getting Walsh now that that will probably be forward eligible in a week, um, having that switch factor. Say you've got Johnson. And you had someone like Fife, or you've got Marrick and, and Bueller as your um, two forward bench guys for some reason. Like whatever, whatever your situation is, say your forward cover is not good enough. You've got Johnson slash Wardlaw in the midfield. Getting Walsh and then him becoming a forward means you've got cover for five of your forwards now as well. Yeah. Um, and whether that sixth forward is another one, um, or if it's like a Darcy Cameron or something like that, um, I'm not sure. But essentially, you can cover most of your forward line. 
with this move as well, and I think that's hugely underrated. Um, and his scoring's been fine. It's not been good, but it's been, it's been fine. Um, he plays West Coast in a couple of weeks. He'll get his he'll get his average a little bump there. You know, it wasn't fun paying over six hundred k for him. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't enjoy that. I got him last week, uh, and he was teeing up a one twenty, and then I felt the pain that everyone has been feeling for weeks with him, and. He fell short on non. By the way, though, he lost two scaling in the last thirty seconds of the game to go from one hundred one to ninety nine. Yeah, and they won by a lot. And I'm, I'm like, how is he the one that loses two scaling? Um, I mean, so after a the bit quarter upset. time, he wasn't like that good. The quarter time, he was on thirty five, but gave away a fifty in the last like thirty seconds. So he, he was on like that. he was on like over twenty seven. He was um, on twenty. Oh, oh. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, he was he was doing really well, and then I saw him peak on thirty seven. He was in the first quarter, he and just, he was on like twenty seven five minutes into the second quarter, and I was like, "How has this happened?" But yeah, I wasn't watching. I gave away fifty, but he um, That's from so that annoying. point onwards, well, he, he should have got one ten plus based on that because yeah, he was fifty every game. No, he was chipping in um, every now and then, but it wasn't like a dominant Walsh display, and it was unfortunate because he just started so hot and. Carlton don't look that good, so it's it's hard to get around him. Especially it is tough, when, but their run is good. Their run's good. Chera looks amazing. Um, yeah, really like uh, underrated. When you're talking about PODs earlier, that's where my mind yeah. went because no one has him <laughs> uh, really, and he's got a five round average now of 122, and his his scores are not like little. Like his last four games are 129, 132, 127, 130. So he's not even getting like he's not even in the top three CBAs, is he? Um, it's a good question. I'll can check. Like it he's up. he's going forward and kicking goals and getting big scores on the basis of that, and it's so strange that he's consistently doing it now. Well, it's not like he's kicking you know four goals a game. He's just chipping, no, 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 chipping no, no, away no. at it. Um, yeah, but correct, yeah, he's, he's only getting seventy percent CBAs lately, um, which is just behind Crips, but. It's so heavily. They have so many players running through that midfield. Um, it's I, a role that I think that will continue because he's playing incredibly well. But it's just not usually a role where you can go one twenty. But he is doing it. So, what do I know? <laughs> okay. Now, next topic. Are you ready for the next topic? Yeah, I think. I feel like did we cover that one? I don't know. We spoke a lot. I don't think we had a resolution, but we. Yeah, yeah, it's it's based it's based on your trades. We did you go? You, I know we we changed subject really quickly on keys. After his role change this week, he still scored yeah. really well, um, but yeah. he only had three percent CBAs. And I wouldn't buy him. I, I don't think if he's out of the midfield, 
he had a really he, good game. He'll be but he'll be in and out for yeah. the rest of the year. Um, and when he's forward, he needs Adelaide to win. Yeah, that's right. Convincingly to get a good score, and they'll probably they'll probably have a couple of those left. Maybe Adelaide Oval. But they played North. What do you expect? He, he's going to get he's going to get fifties and sixties um, sprinkled in those those scores. I can't believe he's actually had such a consistent five weeks. Oh, he actually um, but was it, such a good buy if you got him during the buys. It ju- it just won't it just won't keep up. I'm sorry for owners or people that want to buy him this week, but I, I just don't think it keeps up. Yeah, trade him to Chera. Yeah, that'd be unreal. <laughs> um, okay, the next topic I have here is: Do we wait one more week for an Uber premium, or do we settle this week? So, for example, we've got someone there that's going to make cash, or waiting on someone to fall. Um, the numbers match up next week, but this week they don't. And do we settle and get the points this week? Or do we cop the 60, 70 this week and, you know, from next week onwards? Now, it really is a simple maths equation, right? Like, yeah. who do you have as cover? What do you expect them to score realistically? If you have Johnson, say realistically he's going to score 65. Who would you get this week? And who would you get next week? And and are they going to run back that difference? Yeah. It's as simple as that. And I think you'd find at this stage of the season, most of the time they will make up the difference. At this stage, yeah. But like give it a couple of weeks and we're starting to, we're starting to say no. Yeah. But at this point, there's enough time that someone's going to make up a 35-point gap or something, whatever, whatever would be put on this week. Yeah. I just think Oliver is so good and Sicily is also really good. But I mean, Sicily might not be – depends who you're, you're tossing up between, obviously um, – but in the midfield specifically, because I know a lot of people are shopping as their last midfielder spots and they're like, oh, you know, I can get Walsh this week or if I wait another week and use another trade, I might be able to get Oliver or whatever it is. Um, I think Oliver's making up points on everybody, including Sarong, including Brayshaw. Uh, is there someone he won't run? I don't think he runs down Libba, does he? Maybe? Probably. No, he won't run down Libba. I don't no, know. No, no, it's no. close. It's not, it's not like a guarantee. He will not run down Libba. No, it's a guarantee. I guarantee he doesn't run down Libra. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. Um, we heard it here first. But I, I think it's it's a if you're going to ask the question, which JB doesn't, but I'm asking the question, then it's at least worth investigating. Um, but anyone outside of that, I feel pretty confident just like waiting a week to get him. But then on the on the other side, you say, well, he's been one week away for like five weeks. Can you trust mm-hmm. the coach when the coach is like, if it's not nope. this week, it's definitely next week. He even said this week, I know I've been saying this every week, but it's definitely going to be next week. It's like, yeah, so like, why is this week any different? You've said it for six weeks in a row. Um, I believe it. gets him. to a point, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, it gets to a point where you start to think like, this hammy, has has he just redone it at some point and they're not, they're not coming out with it? Because it can't be the first hammy. He was fit for that on the on the King's birthday game. He was fit fit from the hammy, yeah. ready to go, and had a blister. Yeah. So, so like, how how is it the hammy again? How's we'll it never been know. another three weeks on the hammy? So, no, that's correct. We won't know, but to 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 say with any confidence he's going to play in the next fortnight or he's going to play out the rest of the year, like I don't have that confidence. I would bet on several players to outscore him, probably because I think he 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 has a chance of missing an extra game. Yeah, 
Very possible. I guess that's when you do the maths again. If it's two weeks <laughs> of my emergency, you know, can can Oliver run down that difference? <laughs> but there are there are still a lot of players um, that are worth this, uh, even if it's like an extra trade is why you can't afford it this week or whatever the reason, or you're waiting for Sicily. It's Sicily versus like, I don't know who you're trading in, Himmelberg. Like, yeah, he's going to chase him down. Um, if it's Sicily versus like, who's like middling, Luke Ryan, then yeah, Sicily's going to chase him down. Like there's there's guys there that you just expect Sicily to chase down. And it's almost everyone in that, in that back line that's like half owned, half not. I'll tell you someone that I think might be worth it though for that middling 530k range because when you're at the 530k range, you're kind of looking at Walsh. It might be worth not getting Walsh and waiting one week for Took Miller if he's named this week and falls down into that price yep. bracket. I think he's I agree just with a that. lot better than Walsh. Yep. No, I do agree with that. But he has to be named. Um, but don't get him this week, please. If he's named this week, even if you've got the money, yeah. do not buy players coming back from a hamstring like week one, it's uh, what was he even in a hamstring? Oh my gosh, it was so long ago. I think it was a knee. I had him at the time. I think it was a medial. Was it MCL? Yeah, no, I think it was because it was a, it was like an unknown amount of time that he was away. I think it was an MCL. I can't remember. It was back in like round six or so when I got him. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quickly, quite sure it was an MCL. I'm googling this. It's definitely knee injury. To, well, you went from hammy to knee injury. definite yeah, knee injury. <laughs> knee injury. No, no, it's because I've read that now. Knee injury is not as bad as first feared. Okay, I can't remember what they exactly said it was because scans revealed ACL is still intact. Instead, he suffered a lateral meniscus tear, which can still keep him out of action for a number of months. And then, then I think the severity of that depends on whether it's like eight weeks or more and it must have just been like between that and the worst severity or something like that. I don't know. Um but essentially yeah, so do not get him back this week. But keep him on your radar for future weeks. Yep. Next week he's probably our he, he overtakes Walsh um LD Ed Mills as our best pick. Yeah. I think so. And it's important when you've got potentially some players topping out that you might not want long term. Um yeah. I, this might be one of your talk, talking points, JB, but but Will Day tops out because that 141. It's um, not one of my talking points. He'll, he'll go up in price next week because break-even, well, he should, hopefully, um, with a low break-even. <laughs> you never really know. Um, and he, he'll be over 500K, and it might only cost you 50K to get to Took Miller, which if he's in your midfield doesn't sound too bad. No. I mean, genuinely, that, that sounds unbelievable. And... You know, Took Miller could put twenty plus a game on someone like Will Day, maybe 30, more. Thirty, maybe 35? forty. <laughs> uh, I would go as high as forty is is a chance, but um, yeah, genuinely worth worth waiting for if um, you're still stuck in limbo between a few players. Um, what it, like one week? Who is? How bad is your cover? How bad would your cover have to be? Do you think to say you know what? I actually need to just do it this week. Like, is your cover scoring forty? And you're saying like, no, nah, I, I can't, I can't wait. I got to do it this week. Yeah, it would have to be scoring something around that. It would probably be just Marek on the bench, right? Like that, but, that is your but only could, cover. Yeah, yeah, right. And playing it, it's interesting. at the Gabba seems like a sixteen score. <laughs> it does. Um, it probably plays week. on Harris Andrews, just like Jack Buller did. <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. It just gets absolutely Marek, I, I'm, I'm a FIFA owner, so Marek is now my only cover, so I'd rather we not slander Marek too much, please. He's your um, only cover. Do you shoot Matt Johnson? No, only cover in the forward line. Oh, yeah. No, that's the same. But it's that big <laughs> um, But he, he did just, you know, St. Kilda were in the top eight and he put up 76, so you never know. Um, stranger things have happened. So, yeah, this this whole wait one week for Uber, I, I, think, I think that we've pretty much summarize that like you really do have to assess your options make a realistic attempt at what your cover is going to score um and then split the difference between that score um the guy that you're getting in this week or would be getting in this week what the difference is between those two and whether the guy that you're getting next week would be able to chase that down in the remaining what is it six weeks left after this yeah after this week coming yeah so um I think in most cases you'll find six weeks. Um, the guy that you're waiting for is probably going to be five to ten better, and in that case, you know he could be doubling your score still. Um, and and your rookie, like someone like Matt Johnson, could genuinely surprise you with, you know, a seventy plus, and no one would be surprised. I don't think so. Um, I think that's very. <laughs> that was interesting. a confusing sentence. <laughs> I know, I know. As soon as I said it, I thought it. Um, all right, I've got one more point for you before I, I throw to you to potentially throw one back at me. Okay. Um, so, the last thing I want to consider is if you've got a luxury trade. So you've decided you're you're at four or five trades left. You can afford to use a luxury trade at this time of the year. Um, which I think you and I can both agree, yeah, four or five trades left to pop a luxury trade is fine usually. Um, On-field points versus bench points. Now, in theory, you're like, oh, I I want the points on field, right? Um, If you don't have any cover, um, is it worth using a trade to get someone to flip between the two areas? Like even like... Say I've got Nat Five. He was supposed to be my cover for the rest of the year. Um, instead, now I'm getting Callum Mills and Walsh is going to be the cover for the rest of the year, or, or some. Or Callum Mills and Walsh are going to, you know, loophole, and one of those two guys is going to cover somewhere. Yeah. Um, is it worth doing that, or is it worth just going? You know what? Instead of using this money from Five, I'm actually just going to trade my worst premium. Will Day, Sam Walsh, Harry Sheasel, Darcy Cameron, whoever it might be, Cornelio. Um, I'm actually just going to trade one of those guys to Zach Butters or Liberatore or um, even you know as high as Sicily, depending on how much money you, have. you need. A hundred k from five to to mil. So, um, what do you think in regards to that? Are you are you banking those points or are you trying to get someone sort of flicking between the lines? Yeah, it's a great question. I think specifically for five because he's injured, I that probably pushes me given it's the only cover in this situation, then to, to get someone like Mills because playing cover is really important for all these one-week tackles, um, suspensions. So I, I need some cover, but I think my answer changes if you have the Matt Johnson or Warlaw type in your midfield, especially if you have someone in your midfield that has got DPP and therefore you can cover you know, a forward or a defender with Warlaw um, or Johnson you know, if, if if most of your team can be covered via DPP, like majority, then I think I try and get points on field. I know that it, it's, you know, I wouldn't go down to zero trades for it. Even one trade is a bit risky, but I feel upgrading, you know, your M8 from Will Day to like a, an Oliver is a bigger upgrade than, 
loopholing Day and Mills because one, like realistically, how many points are you going to make from that throughout the season? Maybe a couple, you'd loophole a couple of times and you're, you're only getting a big payout if one of your midfielders miss and then Mills comes in and does score well. Like Mills could come in and score 90 and you could have been having Oliver every single week and then Johnson scores 60, you know, as the, the one week one of your midfielders misses. So you're realistically making a lot more points getting in the better players on your field. Um, and if nothing goes wrong and you have perfect luck as well, then you're just laughing all the way to the bank. You've just you've maximized it. But um, I, I think I think the important thing is you need to have cover, like at least one, and that's probably not enough. I would really strongly recommend being able to have two. And if you have one forward cover and one midfield cover, using DPP, it's possible that you'd be able to cover every line on your field. Um, I think... I think most people are probably in that situation where you can cover every line just with two playing bench people. Yeah. What do you think? So, all right, this is, this is a touchy point for me. There's only two things that I really hate in this world. Yeah. People that don't just spend their stuff on field and get the points on field, a la people planning for injuries that might not happen, and people who put tomato sauce on, on pasta really irks me. It's like you, you don't need to do that. Just cook better pasta. Yeah, that's... Like, tomato sauce doesn't even add to it at all. That's like, fair. It, it detracts from the taste. It's I ridiculous. I don't know anyone that Like a child. That. Like a child or something. It seems very like, specific. Really upsets me. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, on to the first point. People... <laughs> on to the second point. I don't think we need to get there. But yeah, sure. On to the first point. No, we'll talk about the second point I when we discuss we the donuts. Okay, sure. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll shelve both those uh, conversations for later. <laughs> yeah. So on to the first point. I, I I really... Like your cover would have to be completely non-existent. Like say Fife was your only cover. Yeah. Even still, like... You, <laughs> How many trades do you have left to, to be doing this and thinking, I got to use it on cover four. rather than. So you've got exactly four trades left. I should say, I'm saying four for a reason. Because if, if it was two, well, you're not, you're probably not doing that. And if it's, correct, correct, if correct. it's three, you might be doing it. But at that stage, like if you have an injury, just use the trade on the injured player. So. Well, that's kind of my point anyway. It is like you, you're probably using your trades on the injured players anyway. Like, I don't think we. I know it's impossible to predict, but there's seven weeks left. Yeah. Including this week coming. Um, if you've got four trades left or five trades left and you're using one now to upgrade your team, do you expect three to five injuries for the rest of the year? I know it's possible, but all you'd have to do is have some form of basic cover for the points to not be chased down for, for what you're getting on field. And I'm talking like a like you said, a will day up to an Uber or um, if, I don't know, I don't know what the defensive um, player for this is. Is it Sheasel? Yeah, it's Sheasel. Or, and is or it Cogs Jay-Z. in the forward line or something? Like, well, you just swing well, them back and then you get the cover onto your... Whatever it is. Yeah, deep. And whoever, however high you're going, if you're getting like a Butters from a Cogs, even, I, I can even understand that. Like... There is going to be so many points gained from doing that trade on field 
rather than like, I think it's so timid to just be like, oh, you know, I'll just improve my cover just in case, like in case something happens that I don't have the trade or the cover for in future. Um, instead of getting these guaranteed points right now, I'll, I'll just like scapegoat myself like for, for future things that could or couldn't happen. I, I don't, I don't quite know. I just think it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's a really odd way to play the game to like expect these bad things to happen. I know like statistically they happen, but that's why you still have trades left. You're not trading yourself down to zero. If I'm trading myself from one to zero, then I'm getting cover, but I'm probably just not trading at all. I'm, I'm saving it for when the cover is needed and I'm just trading that guy. Um, but essentially, I just don't think you'd make back those points. And loopholing is the biggest fallacy in this game because you pick the safe score every time and then the guy like it's unpredictably just outscores you. Will Day scoring 140 in was it round 15 he did that? He scored the 140 yeah, last week. against Gold last, Coast in a seven in yeah. a 70 point thrashing he scores 140. He plays the last game of the round, right? So you've got Sydney against West Coast. Say it's Mills that you're looping. What did Mills score last week? Like 90 something. Yeah. You're just taking that mill score, or sorry, he scored seventy five last week. So a <laughs> You're better still example. Still taking the mill score, <laughs> but genuinely, like you, you look at that and you go, "All right, well, Will Day's playing away. They might get flogged. I'm just taking the safe score rather than losing ten points." And then you lose seventy points. Like it's just such a it's such a trap, and I, I hate it in FBL as well when you buy the two four point five keepers and you bench the clean sheet every week. It really just hurts my head. I, I just. I don't. I don't think it's a, as beneficial as what people think. Like people think about it and they go, "Oh, I, I, I bench the sixty and get the one forty every week," and it's, it doesn't work like that. And a lot of the time, they play at the same time or some crappy fixturing that the AFL has done, and the, the fixture doesn't work, or you don't have a loophole after that point for some reason somehow this late in the season. Anyway, I don't like loopholing, and I don't like making these plans for things that might not ever happen. I like getting and securing points on the field right now because that is a sure thing. All right. So I'm locking that in. I'm okay. doing whatever that is. I like the uh, conviction. Then time. you never have to look at Will Day again in your Supercoach team. Like, <laughs> what, what a win. So if you are ignoring your advice and you were to trade five to somebody that's let's say sub 350 60k you know in that oh in that price range and you you're desperate because you need some semblance of cover and you're worried that this might be the last week to to grab it is there anyone or who is your favorite because of course there's just random players but who's your favorite in that cheap sort of category um, that you think's the best options for the rest of the year so what am I looking at? Three fifty and less, like any position. Yeah. Oh my god, this is this is a horrible thing to come up with without any notice whatsoever. You just go to the players page, go to sort by price, go to the three yeah. round average, and then read off it. <laughs> I'm saying you're a lot of other opinions in that, but uh, it's not bad options at the top. Mm. I don't like many of these options, man. Yeah. A lot of these options are real bad. Like Hugh Greenwood scored seventeen this week. But we'll pro- probably don't don't suggest Hugh Greenwood. Is Matthew Johnson the answer? Is that the answer that we we were all seeking? No, it's Sheldrick. What are you talking about? Is Sheldrick about? the answer? He's got one hundred and two ninety five three round average. It could it genuinely is Sheldrick though because he's <laughs> mid- midfield as well. Yeah, he's so good. He's such a good player. 
Why is he but so like, good? Does he get affected by... I think Mills gets more affected by Warner's return than what Sheldrick does. So do I. Why is Sheldrick so good? He's really good. He's like incredibly yeah. good. For Like, it's really exciting. Yeah, like, he's really good. If he plays like this for the rest of the season, you could potentially start What about Sam Flanders? Yeah, so Sam Flanders is funny just because of like how well he's playing now after how poorly he started the season and like burns everybody, um, which tends to happen quite a lot. But... I would be worried that Took Miller's return impacts Flanders. And we said at the beginning of the season, but everyone at the time, you know, different role, blah, 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 blah. But it's now he got 40% CBAs last week and 20, sorry, two weeks ago, last this weekend, he got like 20% CBAs. I would expect that to go down to almost zero when, when Took Miller's back. So that would be probably, you know, 30, 40 points potentially less for him. So, I don't like mm. it as much as I like Sheldrick, who is getting low time on ground, but has a decent role when he plays and is scoring amazingly well. And eye test wise, looks phenomenal. Yeah, it looks really good. What What do you think of Liam Henry? It's a three round average of ninety five now. No. High possession games as well, and eighty hundred no. three hundred two. No. No. Just no well, like, he, he hasn't had a role change. He's playing on a wing. And although he's in form, like a purple patch isn't the same as something that we expect to see going forward. And you don't get those last three scores. So going forward, he's not going anywhere near my team. Like, yeah. Like I love the role change. I love how, how well he's playing, but not for Supercoach. Neil Erasmus had negative five this week. Yeah, that was exciting. I That's jo- just a I fun fact people- for you add to the pie like add so everyone's better <laughs> I, I always appreciate their help what about the Carlton boys Lockie Fogarty had 99 David Cunningham 97 they're about 160k respectively yeah so Cunningham has like a bit of pedigree as well yeah um, didn't score well in his return game but now obviously are they, is that just win dependent because Carlton aren't going to win a lot yeah. of games but so I don't think Fogarty is long for the best 22 um, no, I, think, I agree with that. I think Cunningham's very talented and he's mm. always had pretty good hype and looks like a decent footballer, but he's so injury prone as well. Yeah, he's really, really injury prone. And they, they beat up on Hawthorne, which, you know, they've still got West Coast to play, but I think uh, they've got some tough games. Fremantle, Port, two hard games, West Coast, Collingwood, Saints, Melbourne. It's not ideal. No, for a small forward really. in the Carlton side, like he might be the best downgrade option this week because there's just not many options. But injury no, prone, no, I, I don't like him. You talk to me off of him. It's just an injury prone. I think he can be best twenty-two, so you could take a punt, but he's really injury prone. <laughs> Looking through these names, it is genuinely Sheldrick, and then like a big gap, and then you could convince me that Flanders is going to go 75 for the rest of the year. About now, Andrew, Andrew Gaffey's down here. I just want to say if anyone trades Andrew Gaffey into their team, I don't want to talk to you. That's a bonus for some people. You should take Good. him up on that. Um, uh, everyone ranked above me should not want to talk to me. <laughs> that would be perfect. I think... Um, I mean, Kitty Coleman, yeah. He, he, he's a good player. He's injury prone as well. Like, you don't yeah, want... he's very injury prone. Scott Westcott, though. So. What, what's been his problem this year? Why is he not scoring any super coach points? Just looks like he got space jammed, um, lost all his powers, and they've been sharing around. Connor McKenna's really hurt him as, you know, another outlet option. And he... 
I th- yeah, I, I don't know exactly why all the pieces aren't working because like they're all there, but it's just not working for him this year. Um, so it's probably a pass, unfortunately. I think I think the answer is Sheldrick, like quite comfortably. He's probably the best player outside of Jeremy Cameron at like 390k who might be back in this price range, which is what I was going to say, JB, that you could also sit on your hands and wait for Jeremy Cameron to fall to like 330k and then do a swap. I think that's another possibility. You don't you don't need to trade five this week if you don't if you don't have any laid outs or or donuts. True. You can just hold him and maybe I mean, if you can get someone of the caliber of Jeremy Cameron who people were buying for 550k then like it's a no-brainer, right? I think so. I think like Yeah. Why not? I just saw Dylan Williams forward defender scored 110 this week. Break even 31, he's made 250K. How much is he now? We wouldn't usually own him still. 370K. Yeah, he made a lot of money. We st- like we probably wouldn't still own him. Like we probably would have jumped off at like he scored back to back sixties before this week and but he's only like from round six, his scoring has been 85, 85, 81, 84, 36, 84, 68, 69, 110. It's very frustrating. How how did why Ken? Why did you do it? He hasn't lost the game in his AFL career, by the way. Fun fact. That is quite a fun fact. Um, I think you can probably keep your eye out for like a Carlton midfielder injury, and if George Hewitt's able to get a starting berth back, you know he'll be like sub three hundred k next week. Um, he he looks good when he comes on, but the midfield's way too stacked for him to to get consistent games. So something would need to happen. What about if you can get up to like Taron Thomas? I don't know. 89, 112, 75, 94. I mean, he's a good player. I just... I'd rather just... 94 and a thrashing this week is pretty good. Yeah. Playing forward. He had a few goals. Yeah, he's all right. He's not too bad. I mean, if you're up up all the way up there, just like get him to work. <laughs> yeah, it's only an extra 20K. But what if you can't? Can you hold what if you to, only have exactly enough for Taron Thomas? Just wait one week and get Cameron. What if you can't? What if you've got to lay it out and you've got exactly enough for Taron Thomas and you have to make a move this week? And you can't cop a donut? That. Nah. If you cop a donut, there's someone in your house with a gun to your head and they're like, <laughs> 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 if you cop this donut, so help me God. I'll probably, I'd probably take Taron Thomas then, yeah. All right, got him. I, I've, I made a bet with Cheezer that I'd get you to recommend Taron Thomas in some capacity in this podcast. Well, you're right. Gun to my gun to my. Was it my head or family member's head? Or I think it was everything. There was like seven gunmen in, in the house. Oh, God. Yeah. Know, that were all pointing something at someone. Some were pointing guns at each other as well. It was like partially beneficial, but like mostly detrimental. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I see. Really strange situation. I don't know <laughs> it's how crazy. we got here. Yeah. <laughs> Especially my apartment's really secure. It'd be really hard for them to get it, to get all get in. Like uh, yeah. after the first or second, I'd lock the door. I think one of them's a family friend who's betrayed you. So like now I've obviously well, jokes on you. I like have a, no friends. <laughs> no, it's a family friend. They're a friend of your family. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Loophole. Um, all right. This has actually somehow gone for an hour. I'm sick of talking. Um, I do apologize if I've coughed or spluttered. I'm, I'm still getting back from my little bout of illness but um i think that's going to do us pistol did, did you have anything left on your mind yeah no i want to get into your point non gunman related 
so, so let's say five gunmen are in your home, JB, and they put tomato <laughs> sauce on your pasta. <laughs> and they say you have it. to eat it. I don't eat it. No, I don't. I don't eat it. Okay, well, now the gunmen's at all your family, you know. Um, what if they're facing if they're facing the guns at the donut stop at the at the fringe? Then I I eat the pasta for, <laughs> to save the donuts for sure. <laughs> okay. In that situation, I eat the pasta. Oh, that's all right. I had a bet with Chizo that I'd, I'd say that you would no. eat tomato sauce and pasta on the no. podcast. So I think we're we're all winners today. God, that, that hurts. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's gonna that's gonna do it for the podcast. I hope. <laughs> Um, thanks well, everybody for still listening so quickly, to this yeah. point. I, don't, I think I'm delusional. It's not even late either. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks everyone for listening. If you've listened to this point, um, play, put something out. Put something into the Slack if you're still listening at this point. Give us a heads up. Um, we appreciate everyone still listening at this point in the season as well. We'll catch you all next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.